The following program was made possible in part by a grant from Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.com. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. In your heart of hearts, perhaps in the place that's hardest to talk about, what do you long for? What is your vision for what we're becoming? It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. Scientists tell us that concern with the environment will no longer be just one of many issues in this new century. It will move to center stage. It will become the context of everything, of our lives, our businesses, our politics. We are, in fact, moving from the information age to the age of biology. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we salute the Bioneers, the biological pioneers who are working with nature to heal nature, honoring both traditional native wisdom and modern scientific knowledge, restoring the earth by changing the world. Imagine this scenario. As a woman, here's what life is like. Your children are the sole property of their fathers, and you have no rights to them in any way. If you're married, and you better be, your husband has the legal right and religious responsibility to discipline you physically. You have no rights to your own property or body. Work, if you can get it at all, is toil, unpaid or grossly underpaid, and it's conducted under the authority of your husband. It is illegal for you to vote. You cannot hold political office. Common law defines you and all women as, quote, dead in the law. You're forbidden to speak in churches. An explicitly male God mandated these conditions in biblical law. Forget equal rights. Try no rights. Hard to imagine? Those were the conditions in 1848 in the United States. When we really grasp where we've come from not so very long ago, words such as patriarchy and gender oppression become understandable. These were the conditions that led the early American feminists to call for equal rights for women at the 1848 Seneca Falls Convention. Today, around the world, women are still struggling for equal rights, and women leaders are at the forefront of creating positive change. Many people believe that women's leadership is imperative for the transformation that's needed to restore both the earth and our societies. So what does leadership look like through the eyes of women? What do women's voices have to teach us? How does the world feel different when women lead? Join us for the next half hour as we explore Heart of Hearts, Women's Leadership in Transforming Culture. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. I have the great honor to be sitting with some of the most distinguished women who have been working for a long time to transform culture. I'm not going to give you their resumes, tell you what they've done, but I'm going to ask a series of questions. Akaya Winwood is the Director of Leadership Development at the Rockwood Leadership Program and an Executive Leadership Coach and Organizational Development Consultant. 
she spent more than 30 years working for social justice. When women speak truth to power and to each other, it releases not just heat, but light. It's an alchemy of culture, live in real time. At a recent Bioneers conference, Akaya Winwood hosted a conversation among four exemplary women leaders, Sophia Quintero, Joanna Macy, Sarah Crowell, and Susan Griffin responded to her questions about how women's leadership is transforming culture. Here are some moments from their revealing exchange, guided by Akaya Winwood. If you will allow me, you know, I'm, can we agree that maybe there have been 5,000 or so years of gender oppression? Give or take. Thank you. Give or take a few <laughs> years. And um, so we have been learning who we are under a system that is not about women and girls. Nan Kempton said, it is hard to fight an enemy who has outposts in our minds. So what is your wisdom about our work in transforming ourselves as we transform our culture around internalized sexism? I'm going to give an example from one of the, the projects that we do at Chica Luna. Our, our signature project at Chica Luna is a program called The F Word. Um, and yes, the F is for feminism. Uh, <laughs> Sophia Quintero, a.k.a. Black Artemis, is a Bronx-born writer, activist, educator, and comedian of Puerto Rican-Dominican ancestry, co-founder of Chica Luna Productions and Sister Outsider Entertainment, She's the author of the critically acclaimed Black Artemis series of novels. And the F Word is our filmmaking program for young women of color who are ages 16 to 25. And it contains three components. One is just learning the craft of filmmaking. Two is actual political education and media literacy. And the reason why we do that work with them, we have Feminism 101, we do racism work, we do the Power Shuffle. How many of you all done the Power Shuffle? You've done the Power Shuffle. Um, We do this before they even pick up a camera or write a script, we do this work with them. Because what we found is we're working in the areas of popular culture. So these young women, they're not learning to make documentaries. What they're actually learning to make is the kind of film that you might actually go see on cable, television, or at your multiplex. And what we've learned is is that despite all their efforts to say, yeah, I want to do something different, I'm tired of sisters being presented as hoochies, I don't want to do that, but what happens is is when we don't do that work with them, we don't do the PE, or we don't do the self-healing work with them and the community building with them, they replicate the very same images that they've been bombarded with. I remember it was a young woman amazing female MC who wanted to write a film and shoot a film about uh, how difficult it is for a young woman to get into the male-dominated cipher when the guys are just around freestyling. But then when we looked at the script, you know, there was a lot of really, you know, misogynistic language coming from the young women in the story. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so we realized that Media literacy and political education had, and self-healing work, like emotional release and healing circles and um, co-counseling, whatever, a variety of techniques because you need different things for different people. No one thing works for everyone. But that it was really important to make that part of the work because they could say, well, I want to do something different. I'm tired of these films that are depicting women this way and really sexist. But then when they get the camera and they get the pen, they were replicating the same images. They need to see 
alternatives so they can even further create them and we can really swell the number of images we see of us as socially conscious, intelligent, complex human beings. Thank you. What's our work? What's our work in terms of internalized sexism? Well, two things come to my mind right away, okay? One is um, uh, how important it is to uh, return to young women, uh, women of all ages, Mm -hmm. the capacity for self-love. Joanna Macy is a scholar of Buddhism, general systems theory, and deep ecology. Her many books include Despair and Personal Power in the Nuclear Age and World as Lover, World as Self. Joanna has traveled worldwide for 30 years, giving lectures, workshops, and trainings, and currently teaches in several graduate schools in the San Francisco Bay Area. We have, I just love it, we've just developed a whole repertoire of processes for building gratitude. Gratitude, Hmm. and my indigenous brothers and sisters have been so helpful in this and so inspiring because that's where they begin, and they've survived a holocaust, and yet still they get up, and the first thing they do is, is expression of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, we discover that way, and we're clear about it, with, uh, that this is politically subversive because the consumer society and late capitalism are built on self-loathing, yes. on creating dissatisfaction. You don't look right, you don't smell right, you don't do right, you, don't, you have to, and that is how you sell products and politicians. That's right. And the other, which is also deals directly with gender oppression, I think, is returning to women the right to anger and to redefine anger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, There is a big mistake, particularly in the Buddhist community of which I am a part, to equate anger with ill will Mm -hmm. so that the three Mm -hmm. sources of Mm -hmm. suffering are often named greed, anger, and delusion, whereas the Buddha taught it was greed, hatred, and delusion. And it is a patriarchal trick to conflate Anger with hatred or malice or ill will. All right. Anger is a passion for justice. Anger is for repairing relationship. And if we... I grew up every time I'd even raise my voice to the little bit that I just did. I didn't say much, did I? I was very smart. (laughs) And people would say, you're angry. (laughs) Just like, and an angry woman is an object of ridicule, and as well as as, as fear and panic. So yes. this was very, I feel very important. Yes, thank you. I think what my personal work is as a leader is to bring my entire self to be my entire self. Sarah Crowell is the executive director of the Destiny Arts Center in Oakland, California and she co-directs the I Am Productions Dance Theater Company. Since 1990, she's been empowering young people through dance, theater, violence prevention, and youth leadership classes. I'm an artist. I'm a dancer. That's an acceptable female gig, you know. So I did that for 15 years, and I taught young people. That's acceptable. And then four years ago, we had a leadership void at Destiny Arts Center, and I was asked to come on as the executive director. 
And I was like, oh, no, I'm cool. That's, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy just teaching the kids. And they were like, no, you're, you're going to do this. And so I was like, okay, this is a calling, and I have to answer the call. And Akaya was actually my coach for the first two years. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> she was. Too. And I think I was a mess. And I was, I was a mess was because. She was a great mess. <laughs> I think I was a mess because I didn't think I could be who I am, you know, I work in collaboration with young people to create movement theater. That's what I do. And to have them tell their own stories and to find their bodies and to find their voices. And so I knew that I could be a leader in that sense. But how could I be a leader in the world where I sat at a conference table trying to raise money and everybody's white and most of them are men and I'm this little young looking, although I'm not as young as I look, female of color, lesbian, and I'm like... I don't have, I don't know what to say because I'm supposed to be them. I'm supposed to be them in order to be a good leader. You know what I'm talking about? And I decided, I decided actually with the Kaya's help and many other women and male leaders who said, come on, step up. We got you. You can do this. You are this. You already are that. I need to model that. I need to model that I understand that and know that I bring my entire self to leadership and that I don't have to turn into somebody else to do that. That's so beautiful, and I, I, I'm going to take off a little bit on what you said about collaboration, you know, because I just think that so much that women do is a kind of collaboration and that it's often looked at as a lesser kind of creation. Mm-hmm. Susan Griffin is a renowned writer and poet whose works include Women and Nature and The Chorus of Stones, The Private Life of War. An Emmy Award winner for her play Voices, she lectures widely in the U.S. and abroad. In fact, the truth is if you were really to take anything, that any, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity, Darwin's theory of evolution, any great achievement, and you just move that camera out, and you will see so much collaboration going on there, whole movements in thought. And behind the thinkers, and I'll tell you that because I'm considered a thinker who's out at the edge by some people, but, you know, what am I at the out at the edge of? A community. (laughs) A community that, in fact, I'm right in the middle of. That's right. You know, and there's this question about who am I that's asked in such a way that's so alienating that no wonder some people don't know who they are. It's so alienating. It's as if you are this one little particle in this huge ocean. But you aren't. You're connected with everything. Susan Griffin. With Akaya Winwood, Joanna Macy, Sophia Cantero, and Sarah Crowell. What in their heart of hearts do women want? What do women long for? Some responses to those questions and more when we return. This is Heart of Hearts, Women's Leadership in Transforming Culture. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. There is more from this women transforming culture conversation at the Bioneers website. 
Find free audio downloads on the radio pages at Bioneers.org. We return to Akaya Winwood speaking with Joanna Macy, Sophia Cantero, Susan Griffin, and Sarah Crowell. Akaya Winwood. My question is, in your heart of hearts, perhaps in the place that's hardest to talk about, what do you long for? What is your vision for what we're becoming? Oh, I just got in touch with so much emotion. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I would like five minutes of thinking there'd be a world for my grandchildren. Mm. Just for five minutes, I'd like to know what it's like to feel confident that there would be a world for them of decency. Actually, all children, <laughs> all children, not just my grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we just assumed they were all yeah. yours. <laughs> anyway, when you meant that. They're all, yeah, that's they're all just, our children. just assumed that. I long for when young women, all women, but, start, but it starts young, but for a day when young women define their empowerment on their own terms and not capitulating to what the patriarchy says that they need to be as women in order to get ahead. So that they are not saying, well, if this is what men want, and by doing what men want, I can get ahead, that they say, this is what I want. And I am going to bond with other women who know what they want and work with other women instead of competing with them to get what we want, rather than rationalizing, capitulating to male standards of beauty, power, um, advancement, and defining it for themselves with other women and creating that for themselves rather than rationalizing what men want and and fooling themselves into saying that that's what they want. There's so many things I want. I want what both of you, you you know, I want that, definitely. (laughs) I mean, I had this idea that global warming, that we ought to start, we ought to make time charts for people on little cards like this that would say, if your child is four years old now or your grandchild, this is what will be happening in 20 years to the planet. And this is what will be happening in 40 years. When your child is 44, this is what will be happening, you know, to bring it home. But um, there's so many things that I would wish for. There's a lot that's happened since I was a young woman for women that's very good, even though we don't have equal pay still. But I guess, uh, you know, the transformation of society is what I'd really like, nothing less than that. But I want to include the unbinding or the freeing of real masculinity from false masculinity. Because I have a grandson, too, and he's pretty adorable. That's a great I love, I love that question and how it moved you. The question, like, in your heart of hearts, how many times has that question really been asked of you? In your heart of hearts, what do you want and I've been in this space recently of, of noticing how terrifying it is to even want something. And then 
ask for something and expect to get it. And so this has been my, it's been like my personal journey, and then I always drag my students along with me, so I'm like, okay. Um, I think they're going to get a dose of that this year because I want to want everything that I want. (laughs) And I want to know that I'm going to get it. And I want my students to be removed from the terror Mm. of wanting something. Like, I want young people to know that they belong on the planet, that they belong in their bodies, that they're here as precious beings Mm. for a purpose, to connect with other beings and to remove the veil of separate, of, of disconnection. And part of that, at least in my journey right now, is to to bring that wanting out of a space of terror and into a space of just, it's normal. It's normal to want something, and it's normal to really expect to get it. And I think that that as women leaders, for us to, to face that terror and to to own it, to stand in the fire in that way, is part of our, our way of being mentors to, to everyone, um, the young people and all of us, to tremble at the edge of our wanting and, and own it. And I, would, I, would, I, I, want, I want to add to that, too, to know what your real want is. You know, because those real wants are so often manipulated by the corporate world. Right. And I know you're talking about the real want, which is often hidden underneath this other, mm-hmm. this other wanting. Right. Well, we're, you know? we, we manipulate. You know, women, women manipulate around what we want. Because, yeah. well, we want this, but we're gonna, we, we don't think we're allowed to want this, so we're going to manipulate yeah. around that way. And it sabotages yeah. relationships, and it, sabot- it sabotages the connections that we can make with each other instead of just being clear about what we want. Mm-hmm. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I need to hear it. <laughs> I have one final question. In the Native tradition, they ask us to consider seven generations before we um, mm-hmm. do anything. Well, I did some calculations last night as I was preparing for this, and I figured a generation is about 25 years. And that's about 175 years ahead of us, which puts us at 2181. So my question is, what story do you want the women of 2181 to tell about our work now? You know, that's actually one of the processes we do. We have a, a, a practice in uh, the group work that I uh, have created and lead where we actually talk to, we role play talking between the seventh generation and ourselves. And we do many different kinds of this kind of deep time work where we go forward in the, by our moral imagination and look back at ourselves so that we can see how truly significant mm-hmm. this moment is. You know, a familiarity can normalize things, but this is not a normal moment. Mm-mm. And that we are in the midst 
of a huge and necessary revolution. Mm-hmm. This is a revolution mm-hmm. that is as fully as big in magnitude and scope as the agricultural revolution and the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. And this third one mm-hmm. is happening right now with us. It's from the industrial growth society mm-hmm. to a life-sustaining society. And everything that Bioneers is about is in this revolution. And each one of you, and whether we're looking about the role of women or the role of spirituality or solar energy or how to change the legal structure of corporations, it's all in that. Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, I believe, I have many beliefs, but one of them is that the seventh generation will look back at us and say, oh, bless them. Those those ancestors back then in the early years of the 21st century, they didn't even know if they could make it or not. They were kind of groping in the dark, but... But they were part of the great turn. <laughs> oh, great. And they'll say, it must have been so exciting. I sort of wish I could be back there, too. <laughs> right. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Joanna. Yeah. Mm. I want to appreciate these women. I want to appreciate these women. Akaya Winwood, Joanna Macy, Sarah Crowell, Susan Griffin, and Sophia Quintero. Women leaders at the forefront of creating positive cultural change. Women leading the revolution from the heart of nature, from their heart of hearts. Heart of Hearts, Women's Leadership in Transforming Culture. To explore the latest resources related to this program or to order a copy of this show, visit Bioneers.org or call 877-246-6337. Practical solutions and social innovations for our most pressing environmental and social challenges can also be found online at Bioneers.org. Choose from articles, news releases, blogs, event calendars, books, CDs, podcasts, and DVDs. You can learn more about the Bioneers through their annual conference and by becoming a member. To register and join online, go to Bioneers.org or call 877-246-6337. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. This program was written by Nina Simons, Kenny Ausubel, and Neil Harvey. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production assistants, Jenny McGinn and Marita Prandoni. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Reference Media Group. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Paca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. 
Additional music was made available by Dakini Records at dakinirecords.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in improving the environment by changing the world. This is program number 0807. This program was made possible in part by a grant from Organic Valley Family of Farms, organic and farmer-owned since 1988. Learn more at organicvalley.com.